Welcome, welcome to the Scandal Fan Podcast. I am Jaha Knight. You can find me on jahanight.com. And I'm joined today by one of our other lovely co-hosts, Katrina. She's going to introduce herself and tell you where you can find her on the webs. Hi, guys. I'm Katrina Pavela, and you can find me at katrinapavela.tumblr.com and also on Twitter at number one feeling that's one. And um, you can also check out my handmade um, natural hair and um, beauty site called Born Beautiful Naturals UK. All right, so she gave you the rundown. Uh, we are not with our co-host today, uh, Eldia and Langston. Eldia may come. Uh, Langston is not available. He's a little sick, so please send your prayers up for Langston because he yeah. is currently battling some things. Well, something. Um, anyhow, so we are going to go ahead and talk about this episode of Scandal. And Katrina, girl, I got some questions. I well, I don't, you know, I have to say up front, this is probably the least prepared that I have been because I'm literally fresh off of um, turning in a completed draft of my um, lit review. So I watched the show um, once um, Friday night as like a treat to myself as I was um, working through this. And, but I was like doing other things. So I couldn't really like focus. So I remember something, but not the, not the usual details. I wouldn't, I haven't had a chance to watch it again because like I said, like a few hours ago is when I like handed in, um, you know, the piece I was working on. So girl, it's okay. You don't have to give a disclaimer. You can come half ass prepared and you'll still be more prepared than most people that just casually watch the show. So don't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my big question for you and for the audience and oh my gosh, okay. How lackluster was the reception that Quinn got from Rising from the Dead? Like what the hell? What do you I mean at that, the end or? Yeah, like, when, when, when Charlie brought her and Robin in. Yeah. Uh, Huck turned around and looked and was like, Abby, come here. Something's, I think that's Quinn. Do you see her like I see her? It was just so <laughs> not like, I'd be like, Ugh. you know, I would have been a little bit, look, I want to be I think that was their version of Shook because like, like I had to think about it this way because I get what you're saying, but like I have to put it within the context of the shit that these people have seen and have done in this show. So I kind of felt like they connected it for a second, like, oh, she didn't die after all. But then they must have questions about what well, Olivia thought she was dead. So what the fuck actually happened then? So Olivia must not have directly killed her. There's another story here. And I don't know if they're just going to be like water over the bridge like Olivia was with her kidnapping. It seemed like such a huge moment. And I'm still holding out hope that they circle back around to that with some stuff, but whatever. But I get what you're saying, but I also had to think about it in terms of what these people have done and what they have seen. Quinn being actually alive was probably like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> I'm just happy to have her back, you know? And I guess that that would be the overwhelming emotion. Like, oh, thank God you're not actually you, dead. I was expecting 
a reunion like at the end of the color purple when mm. the, the the sun was touching you know whoopi's face was like mama, uh, boo, boo, mama. i expected some of that <laughs> i expected the no, you know what the um some the tears. chat is making great points about that they were in shock like not even sure that they were seeing what they were seeing and i think um like i said that probably the initial emotion was if this is real i sure i'm happy to see her and maybe like all the other stuff and emotions and questions starts to excuse me come afterwards um that's what i imagine but yeah like i get you you wanted them to go like full black mama like sunrising from the dead or something you. i'd have been jumping up and down <laughs> y'all thought a rope was invisible because i'd have been jumping just jumping so excited that she was alive and do you yeah. think that when olivia saw that quinn was no longer dead that that kind of shifted her back to herself do you feel like she's possibly downshifting into a different space because remember at the end she let go of uh she let go of the white house and she let go of b613 reluctantly i you know how i think i don't i think it's early and this is a this is a first step um so you know that i've been talking about olivia being an addict like looking at her through that lens of an addict and what this episode was after she kind of lied her way out of the intervention, which is wasn't a surprise because addicts do that all the time when they're sort of like publicly confronted, is that she went on <laughs> what um, Bay Armstrong 05 calls a last bender, which is they go all out, guns blazing, and those kinds of things with addicts who are on the edge usually result in two ways you die or you are extremely kind of um, physically compromised in some kind of accident or you hurt yourself or you surrender knowing that something's not right or at least there's a problem. And after bl guns blazing and coming close to death with taking that bullet in her arm, she ended up like, um, kind of surrendering uh, to this. And I don't want to call it a giving up because to me, a giving up and a surrender is different because when you surrender, you leave room to embrace something else. So she had to let go of that in order to be able to embrace something else. Like you said about like a, a grounding into herself. I don't know what it's going to be because I don't think, I don't think old Olivia was necessarily so great. She had problems, but she's better than this Rowena iteration that we have been seeing for the last couple of seasons. But I think with the series of things that happened and the fact that she learns Quinn is alive, but her father like didn't kill her. And the fact that Quinn actually hates her or she believed Quinn hates her, that felt worse <laughs> in some ways than thinking that she had killed this person because at least she could have moved on with that but knowing that this person is alive and knows what went on like that's worse because it can also impact the rest of your family so i hope that where she goes from here is a kind of building of a, a new self but it is way too early to think that oh olivia is back or she's you know, different or changed or whatever. I think she's gonna be in a real liminal space.
for uh, a minute until she kind of figures some shit out. So the guy that they brought back for B613. Now, I just got to say, I love seeing him because I haven't seen him. I don't remember what his name is, but I haven't seen him in anything in a long I time. I have his name. He was just on This Is Us. Um, His name is... um. He was on This Is Us? Garrett Morris. Is that his name? Yeah, he's one of the um, he's one of the neighbors in the apartment building that uh, Randall and Beth just bought the apartment building where Randall's um, well, real dad used to live. I haven't I haven't watched This Is Us in a few episodes. I don't think I watched it this season, actually. So oh, I, I don't know what's going on. Okay, That's what I was well, like, well, anyway, yeah. So, so he's coming yeah, out of retirement yeah, real quick to get a couple more checks. He's like, you know, I need a, I need a couple <laughs> more checks because this is not this yeah. retirement equipment. But I was so I happy like, to see I him. I did like having him in the show in that moment yeah. with them and the old, like, swanky, like, 70s music that they had in his car. He was real cool, like, old school, <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> and the fact that he was like, yeah, me and your dad didn't end so well. She said, me and my dad didn't end so well either. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's so dope. Look I wonder this. what he and Rowan fought about. Well, it's like, exactly. you know, exactly. you and Rowan are two in the pod, so, you know, of course. <laughs> and they're around the same age. We haven't seen Rowan with any friends or anything Garrett, the Garrett Morris character, I can't remember what she called him. I can't remember his name in the in the um, episode, but I think he is, I think he is older or supposed to be older. He certainly like looks older to me. Older um, than Rowan? Rowan is, Rowan is like, Rowan is like 72. And um, the Garrett Morris character looked older to me, like about 80. What? Uncle what H- Hector. Was that was, I was like, it knew was something with the H. Hector, yeah. Hector. What show did he used to play on? I can remember seeing him, but I can't remember the name of the show. Oh, it was a black, but, I, but he was on a black sitcom for a while. He was in like several, and I really can't remember them. I'm like, was it two two seven? Was it? It wasn't two two seven. No, I'm like, it wasn't Night Court because that was another dude. But I'm I'm getting I'm getting so uh, I'm getting so mixed up. I can't remember what it that was. Like the Jamie Foxx show. Too. Yes, Kamara said the Jamie Foxx show. And Spencer said he was that, on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but before that, yeah, he was real young on um, Saturday Night Live. But he was also, he's also- Was it Sanford and Son? He wasn't a, record, um, a regular if he was on Sanford and Son. He might have guest starred or something. Or um, remember. what's happening now? Those are a couple that I'm thinking I might have seen him in. Maybe he was on, um, what was the, the one where they were super poor? I can't remember. Good Times. Was he on Good Times? I just remember him like being loud and like, uh, whoever he's, he's talking always to, like, on a show. Always, <laughs> always on like burning somebody and shading them, roasting. Um, and I can't, I, it's like, I could picture his body moves, but I can't picture the show. Anyway, it might come to me, but. Well, um, I'll IMDb while you think. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I gotta know. Good in that in that coat um, when she went to meet him. I did like that. She's looking oh, yeah, gorgeous. Jackets are always everything. Kimara, fuck a friendship for Rowan. Uh, don't even get me started about I that. Want, look, that look, part. Rowan <laughs> had a really good moment with Olivia, and I actually love what he did with Quinn at the beginning when they were washing dishes and drying dishes, and he was like. Well, this is not the time. 
And then eventually when he was in there playing with the baby, I didn't like the ominous tone of what he was saying Did about- Did you like him threatening to kill her child? Well, that's what I'm saying. I said I didn't like that. However, yeah, I can't get I over did. shit like that to feel pity for him. I just can't. Sorry. I don't, I don't feel pity. I just feel like I feel like there's a lot that is misunderstood about his character because y'all hate him. I don't hate Rowan. I think that Rowan is trying to make sure his daughter it has what she needs. And regardless of how fucked up he is, which he is. He still loves her and she's, don't make that face. Uh, I almost called you Olivia. <laughs> don't make that face. Katrina. No, I'm sorry. Like right. Jaha, we've had this discussion no. before, so I don't really want to have no. it again. And I understand but, where you're coming from and you're probably closer to how Olivia will try to reason. But all I've seen is that I will say this. Okay. And this is as generous as I'm going to be. I actually think that these two people are have been locked in a really toxic and negative way of engaging with each other when I think what both of them want is that Rowan wants to feel needed by Olivia and that he has a place in her life. And the way that he's ensured that place is to constantly intervene in her life and set up situations that harm her, but will also require that he help her and be there for her. Secondly, I think Olivia would, and we've seen it time again, she would love to have a father in the traditional sense that cared about her, gave her some emotional support, and he can't really do that. And part of the reason why is because he has carried so much hurt and pain in his life. And he, because when you do that and you can't like even like or love yourself, you just become toxic to other people. Does that sound familiar? Because that's exactly who his daughter is right now. And the only thing that has been her saving grace has been her ability, at least she says that she loves, you know, Fitz and all the shit that they have been through. The fact that she had a love in her life, that single intervention is like the thing that saves her from going over the edge and becoming that twisted old man who lies and pretends that he runs the world and never leaves. The speech she gave him in 409 is exactly who she has become until she's just given up this like command and um, uh, White House shit. She turned into him because of all of the things and emotion that he let go, that, sh that she let go. And by her becoming more like him, he probably thought that, oh, you know, they're gonna have more in common and they'll be engaged. And he told her that chaos stokes our fire. A bullshit is that. Chaos prevents you from like actually engaging with people on a human level. Look at her life, look at his, it's sad and lonely. He's kept a girl there saying that, oh, you know, I'm doing this to protect my daughter. You didn't give a shit about protecting your daughter for seasons. You have done everything to her except actually physically harm her yourself, save some grabbing of her and shaking of her a couple of times. So like, if he's having a change of heart or seeing, seeing himself through what she has become and having Quinn and a baby in the house and thinking, oh, maybe he, maybe it's inspired him to try to start again. I need to see some work because otherwise, fuck him. And you don't start that by threatening another woman's baby. So that's pretty much how I feel about it. They're probably gonna start a redemption arc for him. And I know I'm gonna feel a way about it. And that's just that. And everybody's gonna see and, and feel this differently. And I know that probably my own experiences, like, color this just as yours do but in like different directions and you know i accept that that it's just going to be different for everybody 
Okay. Sorry. So, I, what um, I, to <laughs> I was like, whenever she finishes, no, <laughs> I'm just playing. No, I, um, I, I understand your, your emotion behind that and I get it. Um, I just feel like everybody deserves to have the opportunity to change and to grow. And I do mm-hmm. feel that Rowan may be changing a little bit and growing where it relates to Olivia, not so much all of his characteristics, but he had to put, let Quinn know, like, look, I'm not no kindly little old man. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I'm still former command. I'm gonna need you to back up off me. Cause if you think you about to do something to me in here, it's not happening. I just she wasn't think trying to do anything to him. She's she just she telling was, him that look, was, I see but you. Was, but she was threatening. And he doesn't kid. ever want anybody to see him. <laughs> right? And you're not allowed was, to tell him what's going on. He's always the one who's right and has all the answers. He's the one that reads you and tells you what's going to happen, right? Nobody gets to do that for him. And because he's an old black man, right? You think that, oh, of course, like he's he's right or whatever. And he's just fucking not. I don't think that because he's an old black man, he's right. I think that he does love his daughter. And this has brought him to a place where he sees that he's damaged her almost beyond repair. And um, Quinn and the baby represented an opportunity for him to now come back and be fresh and, and, and see something in a new way because he's seeing something new with Quinn and Charlie and Robin. That's how I feel. But in any case, I did look up um, his resume. That can have was- potential, but I just, I, I need to see it first. I'm not giving him anything until I see it. Change is um, a verb. So that's all. <laughs> Well, this man was on the Jeffersons for a while. He was on Hill Street Blues. That's what it was. Yeah, he's been on Married with Children, Hunter. He's been on Rock. I don't know if y'all remember the Rock series, but I used to watch it a lot. He was on the Wayans Brothers for a couple episodes. He was on Martin for a lot of episodes. Yes, Martin. Yes, yes, yes. Um, And so he's been on Hill Street Blues. This man has a resume. He was even on... um, What's the thing called? Um, Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> Y'all remember Murder, He's She Wrote? He's been on a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, this is... And he did do an episode of 227, Katrina. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, zag, sir. You was like every sitcom that could possibly hold me, I want to be there. He's been on a lot of like, sitcoms. He's been on a lot of these shows. He this has is, a resume. This man has worked. Yeah. Oh gosh. (laughs) So yeah, that's a good thing. Um, but I knew he was on something else. I was trying to remember. So we have some comments in (laughs) the audience is going off about (laughs) the kill, the kill squad here. After last season, Rowan is trying to repair the damage he he's done to her. He saw the errors of his ways that just backfired on him with Quinn. He's sorry and he's scared for her. The redemption arc began last season. Uh, so Cyrus thought he was going to be president. <laughs> so yeah, Cyrus set everything up. He set up the layup and everything. He put it all together. All Olivia had to do was run the ball home. And she was just like, nah, what do you think about that? Would you rather have Melly or Cyrus as the president? Would you rather the monsters be in power or the monsters be at bay? Cause Olivia could have pro- probably been his um, chief of staff if he had become president. But I don't think that that would have happened either. Go ahead. Well, I think, I hope what went through her head was at what point does it stop? 
You know what I mean? Because you bring down the first female president, which, you know, she, she, nobody voted for her. And she was, <laughs> the people were bribed, the um, electoral college was bribed into putting her um, in office. So she didn't earn being there at all. So, you know, I had feelings about that. But at the same time, really, Olivia, you, in order to keep your power for now, because who knows what Cyrus would try to do or leverage, you know, in the future. If you know him to be the kind of person who never gives up, and mind you, he taught you, right? Mm -hmm. um, she may think she had become the master, uh, had outdone a student, but the point is, it's like, when does this end? When does this stop? Did you not several episodes ago tell Jake that you are tired? That all of the hiding and all of that that has you exhausted like and and, not, and i really hope that she she had that thought that you know what if i do this then what for one it's going to harm the country it's a bad look for me to be the one trying to bring down the the first female president and then if cyrus does become a uh, president or whatever what, I become his vice president or I get an administration, and then what? I'm gonna be, I could be pulled down the same road doing the same messed up shit I was doing for Melly. For what? Why? Y'all keep fucking with the same people and expecting like different results? That's the definition of insanity. So I hope that a little bit of that like went through her her mind. I, when I did my, um, I did a, I did a preseason like, um, like expectations, poster analysis, whatever. And so far I've been right about a lot of shit <laughs> about Olivia needing to leave the White House, about how you don't change the system, the system changes you, and about what is the black woman's place in the nation. And that I really hope that this season was going to try to figure that out for um, Olivia and her kind of questioning her place um, in there. So we'll see if, if, if that comes, but I just thought about her being tired and hope that she did too. Spencer says Cyrus is actually winning, not losing. He can still use the Melly information to control her and Jake. And then Amber says in order for Olivia to move forward, she's going to have to forgive her father. Amber, you and I are on the same path. Like I, I agree. No, I, I tell you. That yeah. I agree um, with that part, but I don't I don't know. I, I don't see a lovey dovey relationship or whatever the fuck. I I like it. I hope her mother comes back, but like I'm, I'm gonna let y'all have it, but I'm not interested in a in a oh, you know, look at them. They've come so far <laughs> because this show does a lot of fucked up shit, but I cannot for the life of me turn around after everything, even after some shit this season, for fucking dinosaur bones, you took a woman hostage. He is crazy. I don't care if he loves his daughter, he's literally on healthy like for her so of course i think she should forgive her father but i'm not interested in a father-daughter relationship and that's I, I, literally that's all i'm gonna say about that i'm not saying shit else about these two because like i actually feel like i'm like too emotionally involved in like it really pisses me <laughs> off like it does i can't you are just, emotionally like, involved i'm like i am and i and like <laughs> can't even entertain people who are just like, yeah, he loves her or like, yeah, he's just a concerned dad or whatever. And I'm like, no, fuck that shit. 
Y'all, the, the shit y'all will say out here for Fitz trying to love Olivia, all the bullshit people say, but this man literally has, like, killed and harmed people and, like, intervened in Olivia's life and, like, destroyed her relationships and people to isolate her so that she's basically his. Fucking no, I'm not Katrina, I think doing you need it. To, I don't care you need to forgive Rowan. You need to... Let that go. Fuck a redemption art for Rowan, but I do hope Olivia finds a way to coexist with him. That's it. You know, okay, so um, we were writing a story for Drama Queen books, and mm -hmm. Brooklyn and I were talking about this, and she was like, well, Jaha, you gotta, I hated one of our main characters, her name was Rico. I hated her so much, and I had to talk through why I hated Rico so much in order to continue to work with Brooklyn to write the story. Mm. Now, here's the funny thing. <laughs> you gonna have to forgive Papa Pope your damn self, Katrina, in order to be able to like, cause like the emotional connection that you have to the story or to this piece, in order for you to be healthy, <laughs> you gonna have to let that go at some point because at the end of the day, He's still her dad. And if she forgives him, then we can't. It's almost like telling your friend about some fucked up shit that your boyfriend did or your husband. And now you've forgiven him for it because y'all are still married or y'all still in a relationship. And your friend is like, I remember when that nigga did this. You know, like you're just sitting there like, okay, yeah, but that's over. So we're in happy land now. At some point, we all have to forgive some of the characters for the stuff that they do in order to move forward with the characters. At least that's how I feel. I don't feel mm -hmm. that way because I don't like <laughs> him, <laughs> him and he still exists. So that's that. But I, I accept that you feel that way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to be emotionally happy. You know? No, I'm, I'm not traumatized I'm by story. You know, I don't. I, I don't I don't write this story, so Shauna's gonna do whatever she's gonna do. I can say what I am not gonna be here for. And she's a talented writer and she can turn things around on a dime, but there are just some things that I think that's too far and too much for me. So I don't care what she has Olivia does. She has stuff <laughs> that happens with Olivia and other people that, that I think is bullshit and I don't accept, but that's the world that she's written and you know, for the characters to respond in those ways. And I think there are a lot of, there's a lot of emotional honesty in this show. It's one of the actual most honest uh, emotional shows that I've seen, despite all of the like ridiculousness that happens and the huge operatic kind of um, uh, storylines and, and acting. There's a, there's a real emotional um, truth. A show is like grounded in a lot of emotional truth for me um in many ways but yeah i also think people are judging that moment between rowan and olivia and olivia's face as somehow accepting and being okay with it but she seemed really ambivalent to me so i think it remains to be seen how she'll act so we'll see onika says the dinosaur story that he gave olivia when he clearly could not come right out and say i love you or seeing you actually harm like this has me shook when i saw that and that it was good enough for Olivia, I said to myself, this is one messed up relationship. Uh, Spencer talks about the, oh, okay. Spencer says, Rowan killed Jerry Grant and Harrison. He may have feelings for Olivia, but Rowan is a monster. Annette says, Jaha. 
excuse me, Liv, that everyone is worth saving, even the monsters. I think that's part of why Liv can't give up on him. I think he also shows flashes of the parents she missed from her childhood. Um, <laughs> Onika says Cyrus was trying to turn Olivia into Luna 2.0. Spencer, Spencer says Cyrus would be a better president. Melly with Jake as uh, chief of staff will be a, will be a disaster. And Vicky says Cyrus is not done yet. Um, he will use that information in the future. Is what Spencer says. Uh, Cyrus knows that Jake and Vanessa plan for Jake to be VP, and then will get rid of Melly. So Cyrus has to kill Jake. Melly is an idiot and does not see Jake as a threat, is what Spencer says. Mm. Tay says, yes, I'm waiting on Mama Pope to show up. Cassandra says, classic scandal podcast moment where KP tells everyone she was right about a lot of shit. Not, not, <laughs> not a scandal <laughs> podcast without it. <laughs> Kamara says, yes. Uh, I'm not even going to bring up some shit yet. I'm going to wait to drop my rightness <laughs> on y'all when certain shit happens that I know. Like me talking about Olivia's identity when she was kidnapped. But we will talk about that later. Kamara not says, this podcast later. Liv saw her future self when Cyrus saw, when Cyrus talked to her about his scam. Where else would there be to go? It was pure evil for him to do this to Melly. And what would that make her? She realized it exactly. and stopped. Spencer he called also, them parasites. Mm-hmm. Spencer yeah, says I Jake and Vanessa's for her. Oh, you think so, Spencer? He says Jake's and Vanessa's arrangement is based on her staying so he can become president and she is in the White House. Amber says they don't have to be lovey-dovey, but forgiveness is key. Onika says there's never going to be a lovey-dovey relationship between Rowan and Olivia. They're too messed up for that. Um like I said, wow. I'm all for forgiveness, and I do believe she um, will have to find some peace with her father in order to move on. Because you just you hold on to that shit, and it, you can't move forward. Forgiveness is more about yourself than it is for the other person. Uh, Spencer says, "I agree with Katrina. Rowan and Jake need to die." I don't agree. <laughs> I think Jake can die, but I don't want Rowan to die. Kamara says. Uh, she agrees with you, Katrina, again, but in order for Liv to get peace, she has to be able to admit how much she loves Rowan and totally forgive him, not for him, but for herself. Her love for him will help her move to a better place as well. I personally believe that the reason that she's in this place is because of her angst with Rowan. Um, Tay says, well, I already oh, yeah, read what that's she a said, huge, huge place. That plays a huge role. She's got, she's got parental issues big time, and it's not just her father. And y'all keep saying when Maya shows up, Maya is in a lovely little cozy apartment that Olivia put her in. I mean, where how is she gonna show up? She can't show up if she can't get out the apartment. Olivia's not command now. So I wish wonder what she's gonna do. Is she gonna let her mother go free? Like I, that is a big question for me. Like, what's the reason to have her hold up now? You're not even in the political like realm anymore. You're not in the White House. How's your mom a danger to you? Right? How's your father she a go danger to your mother? Is she possibly going to go Wherever, to Just as long as she has her freedom. Why would you keep her like locked up like that? Um, where's Olivia going to go now? Because she... Well, right now she's teaching. Teaching who? At, well, I think How to Get Away with Murder has like, they're slightly ahead in their time. So what I expect is that when we come back to Scandal, they will have had the time jump so that we catch up. 
because they're going to have the crossover. And at the end of How to Get Away with Murder, Olivia had walked into a classroom and wrote on the board How to Survive a Scandal. So she's a guest lecturer. That's okay. how like she gets involved because I think Michaela is taking her class and she's very enamored with Olivia Pope. And she speaks to Annalise about, oh, you need to like, you know, talk to Olivia Pope or whatever. And Annalise like slips into the classroom to kind of watch Olivia do her thing. We don't get to see her teach. She just writes on the board and has this like kind of stare of mm -hmm, looking around the, the classroom. Um, so, you know, they're going to be working together. And I think um, the Fitz's Institute is going to get involved. So for a time, that's what she's going to be doing. I really wanted her to be working um, with the Institute because I feel like it's way more up her alley and the kinds of things that a younger Olivia wanted to do and the impact she wanted to have um, on the nation without all this other shit. Um, so, but ultimately, I don't know. We'll see where Shonda takes her ultimately. What do you think is Cyrus's next move? I really don't know, Cyrus. I've been thinking about this because it's also like the middle of the season. When we started out, he was so, he seemed like he didn't really have his footing and maybe something in him had, uh, change for the better after jail and losing his husband and all of that. But also those kind of people are actually the most dangerous in that when they lose their kind of emotional connections to people that matter, that they feel like they don't really have anything to lose anymore or anything to live for. He doesn't have a child, doesn't have, he's lost two husbands now and he's been and in jail. So, right. So, and he's stuck in this vice presidency. So either he kind of goes all in with Melly and Jake, who he hates, so in with his enemies, if you will, or he tries to unseat them all. So, and I, I don't know which way he's gonna go yet. It, it will depend on um, the next episode, because after he offered Olivia this, this, um, this fruit in the garden, and she didn't take it. I don't know, you know, where he'll go. And the crazy thing is she went to him, you know, holding, extending the the olive branch of friendship to him. And he was just mm -hmm. like, yeah, no, I don't drink with my enemies. <laughs> I don't have any reason to trust you while you're here. <laughs> like, but I also like, kind of feel like today. he was setting Olivia up because if she had done it, you know That's what, what I'm I saying? thought. <laughs> mm, I don't think you should do it, Olivia. Because if she, Cyrus is not the most above board. He hand he basically uh, handed a, a excuse or a reason or justification over to Melly and um, Jake, and then turned around <laughs> and used it against them. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is not he is devious. That's yeah. I you took the words right out of my mouth. Is as I was watching, I was like. I feel like he is setting her up. Like, yeah. I feel like you were gonna burn her if like she actually took this. And I think <laughs> like she I was really smart enough did. to know that because she was yeah. gonna do it. And then, um, and even giving Melly a heads up as to what was going to happen. Do you feel like that was a moment of her saying, oh, bitch, you thought. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. That's that moment was hilarious to me because of the irony 
and I, I probably laughed through most of the dialogues actually to go back and watch. But when she was like, you know, take some responsibility for yourself. I was like, bitch, this is the pot calling the kettle black. Are you kidding me? You're on a bender right now on some King Kong ain't got nothing on me <laughs> shit. Are you talking about responsibility for yourself? Get the fuck out of here. Thankfully, that's what she did at the end. But I thought this is rich. You telling that to Melly. Now, y'all know that um, I see Melly as a perpetual woe is me like victim. So it was also funny. She was like, I'm tired of everybody seeing me as the victim. And I was like, um, okay, you've been playing victim like since we met you on this show. <laughs> and now <laughs> you don't want to be victim. Okay. <laughs> but, but I am really, really, I think Cyrus will not this past episode, but the episode before was right when he said, you're afraid to do this job without her because Olivia and Fitz have been her two crushes the entire time we've done this. She had somebody to blame, somebody to manipulate in order to get her way with the other person. She's done it to Fitz with regard to Olivia. She's done it to Olivia with regard to Fitz. And when Olivia like hitched her wagon to her horse, Melly, that was probably great for Melly because Olivia would take care of everything. Like, and she allowed herself to, to be talked into a lot of shit because again, she had somebody to like put it on. So her and Jake, this is going to be really interesting. I can't wait to see um, Jelly, Team Jelly and uh, what they're gonna do and how Cyrus is gonna fit into all that. Okay, Onika says Cyrus's next move may be going after Jake. Spencer says Melly will have to resign uh, for health reasons, breast cancer, then Cyrus will become president, which actually makes Nobody's a little bit of sense. Nobody's getting cancer. Because that, that really off the wall kind of, oh, I have to get a mammogram and I'm looking forward to, you want somebody to smash your titties underneath the damn, like, girl, that doesn't sound pleasurable, but if that's what you want to do, go ahead. Um, it just, it seemed like a scene that didn't need to be there. But I recall watching something that Shonda says. She said, you use everything whenever you put a story together. So I'm thinking that Spencer may be a little bit right because that would play into another space. Um, and then no one's getting rid of the first uh, female president. She actually had to leave because of that. That um, Kamara says, well, Spencer, that would be deep. Tay says, but was Olivia anticipating Cyrus's mess? Maybe she was setting him up from the jump. Spencer says, I knew Cyrus was setting up Melly and Jake. He was not going to help them. Eliza says, Marcus has only five seconds of screen and they still gave Jake more screen. This was so weird. Onika says, Olivia may um, likely recalled how Cyrus pushed her over the edge when defiance and the plan that followed that, the latest offer from him would have been much worse as Olivia has much more to lose now. She learned her lesson finally. Um, everyone talked bad about Melly. They know she did not earn the position of president and cannot do the job without Olivia, says Spencer. Cassandra says Melly was the dumbest in this episode. Well, actually, Jake was. But then again, Melly was really dumb. Yeah, Let's just was. say <laughs> Melly and Jake are in a race for who was the dumbest. We talked about this last episode, uh, Eldia and I. The fact that Melly is so easily manipulated. It's just like mm -hmm. you press the right Melly buttons and she reacts. Oh, yeah. Yeah something instead of being proactive about anything she's always reactionary and it's just super this is what i've said she's not a strategic thinker not. and we've 
identified this about her since at least season two. She is very reactionary. So she and doesn't thing, she doesn't think three, four steps ahead. And the, the, the problem to me is it makes women look weak in general, because if you look at it, Cyrus came in and pressed her buttons and Jake rounded up the, the fold. There were men manipulating this woman and she seemed to not have a mind of her own. That was so frustrating to me. I even had a friend tell me one day um, he doesn't believe that women should be in p positions of power because we are too easily manipulated by our emotions. And I was like, what? Oh, and come on. so this, kinda, Hello, and this was Chris. literally like a week or two ago. I was like, are you kidding me? So when she's on, on screen portraying this indecisive, um, unempowered woman president, I'm just sitting there like, mm -hmm. Oh, bitch, you make But you know what, y'all? <laughs> the majority of the people who watch this show see Melly as a strong woman type. Uh oh, what happened to Jaha? Oh, he came back. Then, yeah. <laughs> I was saying, I think a majority of people who watch this see her as like, a strong president or whatever and i don't i'm like she seems competent but like for me there's a lot of the really important things on this show they show you they don't just tell you so we learn of some things in passing but the more most important things you are shown those things so you know we've seen melly deliver like a, a speech to the nation um and stuff like that and I'm like, she's very competent at the job and she could do it. And, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think it's, you know, an impossible job for her, but I also don't know, I'm like, that you're any different from the president before you. And I think maybe part of the point is that, that as a woman, like we shouldn't expect her to be exceptional um, at this and that she's gonna have the same kind of screw ups even in her mind She thinks she's so much better than Fitz like she literally prides herself on that but so far she has been manipulated um, and in the, some of the same ways and um, Had like wanted to base decisions on emotionality in similar ways and for and I'm gonna quote uh, one of my friends here for some unused dick that she didn't even get. She was gonna make decisions like on that, you know? I'm like, you are not even in love. You're just like lonely and had a connection with somebody. So like, she's no different than whoever came before her, but maybe that's part of Shonda's thing, you know, with uh, equality that Melly doesn't have to be ex exceptional to be in this job. Um, we had a male president who, you know, uh, an election was rigged for him and she didn't earn this position either. Equality. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe that's part of it. Um, so Spencer had my, I, my mouth just dropped open, open Spencer. He said, Melly is a Taylor Swift feminist. <laughs> she is. Like, what? She is. Um, and, and to your point, uh, and, and I know that we talk about racial prejudices and things like that all the time. Maybe the point is that a white woman doesn't have to be exceptional because if it was a black woman, she would have had to be exceptional. And I think the contrast between Olivia mediocre. and- Mediocre. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So 
Um, that's my opinion, uh, based on what you said just now. Mm. Um, unused dick. Well, Cassandra, she said she's feeling it. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine told me, uh, like I was dating and she said, I told her that the guy that I was dating wanted me to remember all these details. And she said, you haven't even claimed, he ain't even your man. So I, was, <laughs> I want you to remember yeah. all these details. He's, he ain't even your man. He's yeah, so that's, that's funny to me that you said that. I was like, yeah, that's similar to what I just heard on Marco Polo from my homegirl like a couple days ago. Um, I'm just glad that the Dick Sisters has disbanded. Oh my God, Amber. <laughs> what? The Dick Sisters? Why? Because because Fitz, oh gosh, Amber. <laughs> I'm just thinking about how you frame that. Okay. Um, Melly, lo Melly lives in the past, always talking about her college honors, book smarts, but no common sense is what Spencer says. Mm -hmm. Eliza says, Olivia said to Melly, do you want to be a monument? But monuments um, are sometimes for dead people too. <laughs> Eliza, y'all, do you want Melly to die, Eliza? What is going on? Monuments are not people. That's true. Um, so she wants, she bought into the idea of what she wants her legacy to be, but Right now, she's not building that legacy on anything. Right. I'm like, you're not doing the job for. to earn the legacy. Exactly. You want she, the legacy handed to you, whoever has to do it. And maybe yeah. she doesn't want to face that, but that's who she's been like this whole time. The primary was handed to her. The presidency was handed to her. Yeah. Like, Melly hasn't earned anything. Well, she became a senator. She literally, she bought a house and unseated a woman. Um, like, she... She won an open race easily uh, in in a you know in Virginia, and she handpicked that place so that someone she still saw as inferior to her, like, wouldn't be able to stand as vice president, right? Like, come on, <laughs> she has had it so easy, and Fitz has supported and like helped her the entire way. Olivia too, like, you've done nothing on your own, Melly. Amber said Nelly doesn't even read. Oh my God. Yeah, she didn't read that bill, the Brandon bill. She didn't read it, but she wanted to go out and grandstand and announce her candidacy off of it. Yeah, Amber. <laughs> she don't give a damn. She just wants all the glory and the power and to do none of the work for it. <laughs> and the crazy thing about it is everything she has done hasn't been her idea. So what is your presidency supposed to be about? What is this legacy that you claim that you yeah. want to be, this monument you claim you want to be? Well, you're just taking ideas from other people and pushing them through. They weren't even your original concept of what you wanted to do as a president. So I'm I'll over. be interested to see what kind of ideas Jake feeds her way as chief of staff, because the chief of staff sets the oh, agenda. God. So what is the agenda going to be now? Murder Jake. everybody. Jake has no original <laughs> thoughts. Because this dude exactly. stay wanting to murder everybody. Like, mm -hmm. just kill them. Well, just That's kill them. That's his answer. Kill them. And like, he doesn't I, care about policy. Jake is not a policy dude. Like, how, how, she who really, the hell is going to be the head of the NSA if, he, if he's chief of staff of the White House? Yeah, I don't know. He can't, because he's chief of staff and command now. Right, and he's going to be way more interested. the The command role and the B six thirteen soldier in in him is going to influence 
the chief of staff in him way more because he doesn't have he doesn't any real political experience. No, he doesn't. And his solution is always like, we need to get rid of this person. Like that's always the solution for him, no matter what the problem is. Since is that we he need shot to get jeans all in the back, oh nigga. Yeah, and <laughs> supporters. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, we are about to go into the after dark because that's what time it is, and. You all can join us there if you would like. Some of you are already ready and registered and we are headed there in this moment. So hopefully everybody has their after dark shenanigans together today, right? Y'all have y'all after dark shenanigans together um, so that we can go on in there and um, and talk. You're welcome. Onika says, thank you. You're welcome, lady. We appreciate you. Um, You're welcome, Onika. Hope everybody had a good time. Um, is terrible at um, national security. Please keep your prayers up for Langston. Yes. Hope that he comes back to us whole and safe next week. Well, not next week because we're not here next week. The next episode of Scandal is like oh, in Oh, yeah. It's off for two weeks because of the Olympics. Yes. Kamara said she missed Langston today. We did, too. Yeah, we I got to Marco Polo him back. Um, I was actually going to Marco Polo him while we were on live, but I didn't want to um, disturb him. All right. So we're going to go ahead and go. Um, baby Robin broke into Liv's apartment. She <laughs> Thank y'all for joining us. We appreciate you and your time spent with us here today. And we are off to the after dark. See you all later. Bye.